Hi, I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute, and this is your McIver Newsmakers Podcast. Today I'm joined by Angela Heinlein from the St. Ambrose Academy in Dane County. And uh, first of all, Angela, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for, for giving us a place to um, continue to share our message and give kids all over Dane County a voice with regards to this issue. Yeah, so I'll just give a quick background and then we'll, we'll dive right in. But um, private schools throughout Dane County were all set to reopen, some of them on Monday, August 24th. Um, but then uh, after 5 o'clock on Friday, August 21st, uh, Dane County sent a letter to, or, or an email rather, to all those schools and told them that they cannot open up uh, anytime in the near future or foreseeable future uh, due to uh, continued concerns over coronavirus. And uh, Angela, uh, could you just uh, walk us through that and like what was the immediate reaction uh, among uh, private schools in the county? Oh, yeah. You know, first of all, just kind of backing up a bit, it's important to note that order number eight in the language of order number eight itself, um, it required schools to deliver uh, reopening plans to Public Health Madison, Dane County, and for um, schools to to meet those requirements to reopen. So order number eight gave us the requirements, okay? Okay. So what's important to note is that, uh, you know, all of these schools were planning to uh, offer two options, virtual and in person. In order to have in person, you had to meet these requirements. So there's been months of work and effort put into uh, preparing a school uh, that can offer both of those options and really give parents the opportunity to take a look at their family situation, take a look at their child, and determine what really would be the safest, most secure, most stable educational situation for their child um, right now. So when you ask me what was that like, okay, um, it's, it's devastating to, to parents who know that for a variety of reasons that the best way for their child to be cared for and educated is in person in school. So uh, for me, uh, as a mom, um, I had had just on Friday taken my my daughter Gianna to her her fourth grade meet and greet with her her teacher at her private school. You know she was all excited. You know for in person education, we went through all the practicing of protocols, and um, and, and you know at 5:30 that night, uh, she was in tears. Now. Um, my daughter, she has some language processing challenges that make virtual learning difficult. Uh, also, because I'm the learning services specialist at uh, St. Ambrose Academy, I, it was almost instantly, I had emails in my uh, email box from our parents who have children with special learning needs, parents who are single parents and are, are trying to figure out what, what am I gonna do, right? And um, I, you know, I'm on the phone reassuring parents that we are going to take care of your children. So, um, you know, for those families that know their children are best served, safest in school, 
um, this is devastating, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so that, uh, that order that, that required all the schools to submit uh, mitigation plans, um, what were some of the requirements that were outlined in that? And um, what, you know, when did you submit your, the, that plan for St. Ambrose? And what kind of, when did you uh, receive a response on to uh, um, it, that, it, you know, the plan had at least been received? Okay, so what I'd like to do just to, to answer that question is to let you know that we've literally, um, our administration has been in conversations with Public Health, Madison, Dane County, twice a week for months. Okay, so the building up to preparing the plan, there's been regular ongoing communication, okay, um, that has been occurring, uh, you know, throughout this entire process. When you ask about the requirements that we need to, to follow, uh, of course, um, we have to follow all of the guidelines and requirements in our school to reopen that have been put forth for um, businesses, workplaces, and activities specifically for K through 12 schools. Uh, the requirements for K through 12 schools are the same as childcare programs, okay? Um, these requirements cover us to have practices in place for hygiene, cleaning, protective measures, PPE, masking, social distancing, the way in which we move our children throughout our campuses, cohorting, how to deal with illness and COVID-19 uh, contact. We developed a 35 page plan. I mean, these are extensive. You and I could spend two days probably talking about all of the, um, the, the specifics about, um, about how and what, but do know that we weren't the only school that you know, was uh, commissioned with putting together these plans for a safe reopening, knowing that we are essential um, to um, our parents and our students. We're absolutely committed to, uh, you know, to meeting these requirements and have done so. In our school, we have 113 students. Uh, we took a look at our campus. We are housed in the education wing of St. Thomas Aquinas Church. We took a look at um, uh, social distancing and what, what we really wanted to achieve with social distancing and cohorting. And we even entered into a rental agreement with a second site for this school year um, so that we would divide our 115 student body into two separate sites. One site for our junior high, which would have you know around 45, um, and the other site would, um, our, at our main facility, would house our high school students. So a lot of work, a lot of expense, thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars when you take it a look at all the plaintiffs involved in um, in our particular uh, suit um, have been spent um, to create a safe, secure, stable environment for students who absolutely need in-person education. Now, uh, in your conversations with the county, uh, or regular conversations with the county, um, did you guys ever discuss this plan? Did they say, we got it? Or did they say, hey, we got it, looks good? Or like, did you get any indication like everything was, you know, good from, from their perspective? You know, certainly we wouldn't have moved forward if we didn't uh, have some sort of understanding that we were doing what was expected of us with their requirements. So um, 
this letter that you guys got on Friday the 21st, uh, was it from the uh, from the um, health department then, or was it from the county executive? Like, who actually signed that piece of paper that said, hey, St. Ambrose and all you other private schools, you, you think yeah, you're opening the, up, you ain't. <laughs> yeah, those orders, they, they're issued through uh, Public Health Madison, Dane County, and you can go to their website to see how those, are, those um, orders are issued. So uh, that's how it came to us. So for public health. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the mad scramble that happened that weekend. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, as far as, you know, as the mad scramble, uh, really, uh, our executive director, um, you know, took a look at this and said, you know, our constitutional rights, um, the constitutional rights of a parent's right to choose how best to care for and educate um, their children is protected by the Wisconsin Constitution. That does include a parent being able to determine how best and where best a child should be educated. And so we only had one option, and it was to fight, to fight this and to fight for our students, for our families. You know, 55% of our student body is, uh, receives financial assistance. Uh, as, a, as a Catholic school, it's our mission to serve those in need. We have a, a population of, of families that absolutely need this. And for us to be quiet and to do nothing um, leaves them without a voice. And we absolutely knew, Joan Kerry knew that we, you know, whatever it would take, we would have to fight it. Now, we are a school that only has 66 families, okay? We knew, and we're on a shoestring budget, <laughs> and we had already spent uh, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, right, to prepare to reopen. So um, we had a, a financial commitment that we needed to make to um, uh, have a legal team to defend us. Um, and we were just overwhelmed by the groundswell of support that's really behind this fight, you know, and like literally, um, uh, you know, it seemed like a matter of hours. Um, we were we were in a place where we we knew we would have um, you know enough funding to, funding to get uh, the fight started and and um, you know having 800 people uh, decide to open up their pocketbooks to fight for the rights for our kids to be educated it really says a lot about how important this issue is to the community uh, to our state. And how important it is nationally. So, um, obviously, uh, I imagine you guys called first thing Monday morning to the health department. Um, have you been successful in actually talking to anybody at the health department uh, since well, uh, that letter came out? What I, what I will say is that um, as far as communication goes, uh, we have these regular uh, me- meetings that occur with our administrative um, team with Public Health Dane County. Uh, the communication that we have relied on has been, you know, our legal team. Um, we sent a demand letter uh, to uh, Public Health Dane County, letting them know um, that uh, we would give them until uh, last Friday, um, August 28th. We'd give them until noon to change the order to consider the negative impact that the order would have on families. Um, they chose to ignore the order and and ignore our constitutional rights. Uh, so, uh, you know, we we're now we're communicating with uh, 
you know, through our legal team. And and now it's being communicated to the Supreme Court. Got it. So you pretty much handed it over to them right away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We had yeah, to. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah. So then um, last week they told uh, Dane County, hey, you, um, you know, you have until Friday to uh, take this back. They didn't. So um, now we're into uh, now 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 we're into this about a week and a half now. So uh, what is and I everyone's hearing about the Supreme Court. So I mean. Is this something where the Supreme Court has agreed to take this up directly, or do you have to work through lower courts first? This, because of, and I'm, of course I would, I would uh, want you to speak directly with our attorney on this more. This is, it is a Wisconsin Supreme Court issue because it deals with religious liberty and parental rights. So these are laws uh, and decisions to be made at that level. So what do you guys hope to see happen? I mean, there's some schools in this uh, that, that are have signed on to this lawsuit with you that are already now um, a week behind uh, schedule. Uh, you guys still have a, a week or so, or a, about one week <laughs> before you yeah. guys will start falling behind schedule. So, I mean, like, what are the schools doing in the meantime? Oh, yeah. Well, uh you know there are there are some schools uh, that this this week, for example, my daughter's school, childcare in person in schools is allowed under the order. You just can't okay. teach them anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Childcare in person in schools is allowed under order number nine. You just can't teach them anything while they're there then. <laughs> so right now we have schools, we have private yeah. schools with uh, where teachers in uh, classrooms of uh, 15 students or less are providing childcare for students. It's the same teachers who will be, who are their classroom teachers, right? Um, that the same group of, of students, and um, but they can only provide child care. They can't provide them with their education. And that's perfectly so, allowed under the order. It's perfectly allowed under the order. And, and honestly, I have to say it's ridiculous. We're talking about, and I'm not, I'm not sure how much, how much you know uh, about uh, child care and, and school-age child care offerings across uh, Dane County right now, but the Madison Public Schools has offered 1,000 child care, school-age care slots to Madison Public School-age families, okay? Um, there are actually 32 school sites that where throughout Dane County, mostly in Madison, where children will be provided with childcare, school-age care in their neighborhood school building with childcare teachers and on their schedule be um, supervised in their school building for virtual instruction. So, you know, a teacher could be in another room delivering the content virtually while, you know, groups of students are in another under the mm -hmm. guidelines um, in the building together, um, receiving childcare. Yeah. So the difference is, uh, with St. Ambrose and other, uh, private schools, it's, 
they're allowed to be there for the childcare and their actual teachers are the ones providing that childcare. But in the public schools, they're allowed to be there in person for childcare, but their teachers are not the ones providing that childcare. Well, you know, and I'm not sure about who's providing that childcare. You know, I can't make decisions on that. That's for the Madison public schools to answer. But here's the thing, uh, you know, allowing full day childcare youth programs in person in schools but not in-person education for the same groups of children is arbitrary and unreasonable. Um, and I'm gonna talk to you just a little bit more about this. Order number eight, delivered reopening requirements for schools offering in-person education. Now the Madison Metropolitan School District made their decision not to follow those reopening requirements and in order number eight, and they made their decision well before order number nine was announced that they had planned to uh, have all of their schools open virtually. So there's no question about which schools were targeted by order number nine. You know, this is an open attack on private schools. The child care guidelines for a safe reopening are the same guidelines that we follow to reopen our schools. We have 100, you know, between 113, 115 students at St. Ambrose Academy, we're a small private school, right? In these school sites across, you know, the city of Madison, they'll have 60 students, right? And, and, and 15 students in a classroom. You know, we have to cohort our students. It's, it's all in the guidelines, right? So when I take a look at this, it's children in schools right? The children are still in school. So this doesn't, this doesn't look, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Is it really about keeping children out of schools or is it about keeping children out of in-person education? So because they're receiving yeah. childcare in the schools. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the big question that a lot of people have out there is, um, was, were private schools throughout Dane County seeing a big influx in new students from parents that might have had, that were pulling their kids out of public school because they wanted in-person class? You know, I, I can't speak to all the other schools uh, in, in uh, private schools in Dane County, but I can speak to our school because uh, I'm our enrollment manager. Last year, we had 114 students in our school. This year we have, you know, um, it'll be anywhere between 113 and 115 students in our school. Uh, so for us, when you take a look at our sixth through 12th grade school, I, I don't think that you are hearing a huge difference there. Now, I have heard that um, there have been other schools, uh, private schools in Wanakee and, and Cross Plains, for example, where they did see uh, an increase in their enrollment. And, and the reason why is because parents, and we've certainly had parents, I've been talking to parents where it's really about parents who see, um, they're taking a look at their kids' needs, they're taking a look at their family situation, and they know the best place for their child to be educated is in person, okay? Um, this, this order is, is truly devastating to individuals uh, for whom virtual learning makes education inaccessible. So our students with special learning needs, for example, we serve students with, with dyslexia, for example. And, um, you know, immediately after this order was, was issued, you know, those are the first emails I, I received and it was from um, our dear parents with children with dyslexia. 
and uh, the virtual environment is not an environment where their children can have full access to their education. So um, it's really unfortunate that Dane County hasn't heard these voices of, of parents with children with special needs who are saying, my child can't access education virtually. The only way my child can access education is in person because of a learning challenge. And um, let's not forget that pretty much all, every, you know, nobody was prepared for this in March. So most of these students are already out two and a half months of their education. Oh, oh ab absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're right on with, with that. And so, you know, the concern is real. Uh, the need is real and it's, it's constitutionally protected, you know, and so we do need to fight this. We're fighting it. Uh, for our parents, on behalf of our parents, and we're we're fighting it on behalf of our our students that absolutely need in-person education. Sounds great. So, how do you uh, hope to see this thing resolved, and when? <laughs> you know, uh, we uh, our legal team, you know, has asked for um, you know that we would on September fourth that there would be and I'm gonna try to look up here the, the correct words, that there would be a temporary injunction, right? Yeah. Um, on September 4th, put in place so that we can um, reopen our schools on Monday, September 7th. Uh, we, that's, that's the timeline we're looking at. We want, we, we want our, our doors open um, on September 7th. Now, without the temporary injunction, there is no indication or uh, of when you might be able to reopen otherwise or what requirements you'd have to fulfill in order to reopen at some point in the future. Is that correct? Correct. There'd have to be a, a change in the order. So, you know, at that point, it would be up to uh, Public Health Madison-Dane County uh, making decisions according to what they believe should be used to determine safety and when students can go back to school. And that hasn't been defined. It, it, it has been defined. There are metrics there, uh, but for uh, students in, in grades six through 12, you know, it, if all goes well, we could say <laughs> we're talking about not being able to have access to in-person education for, you know, it could be 12 weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's devastating for our families. You know, I, I, I talked to you before about, uh, you know, we have working parents. Uh, you know, parents are responsible for the safety and security of their, their, their children. We have parents that are very concerned about having to leave their children home alone to school virtually so that they can provide food, shelter, and clothing. So the, the need is real. We're very disappointed that Public Health, Madison, Dane County has not listened to the community voices. The voices are there. There's many community voices and, and we're just disappointed. We're also deeply disappointed that Attorney General Call not only refused to stand up for our families and our children um, with his amicus, but that he decided to go out of his way to fight against their well-being. Um, in his amicus, he said nothing to dispute that the reopening plans we've developed and presented to the court comply with all public health guidelines. So the, it's, it's terribly disappointing, but we absolutely have to defend the rights of our parents and, and, and our children, and we will do that. Well, 
Angela, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll be we'll be watching this very closely, especially over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and we, and we just ask for your prayers. You know, we ask for your prayers, we ask for your support, and and uh, uh, there's a lot of kids out there that that need their education. They need it back. Definitely. Well, thank you again very much for joining us. Um, again, I, uh, this is I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute. I've been joined by Angela Heinlein from the St. Ambrose Academy. Thank you very much for listening to the McIver Newsmakers podcast, and we will see you again next time.